I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome along to the Wise Men's Day podcast, Sunderland win another game of football, we're all happy about it and we're here to discuss that and an upcoming game against Portsmouth, and these are the old enemy Portsmouth, not quite, although we have built up a, a bit of a rivalry. Joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith tonight and Gareth Barker is Chris Weatherspoon. Good evening, how are we doing? Doing very well, thank you. Uh, no takeover crack night, I don't think, mind. So ah, that's, why, that's why I haven't been on for a while, I've been <laughs> yeah, completely no. redundant, I've been redundant. You know, we can try and shoehorn something in if you want later. Sure, uh, we can. I'm, sure, I'm sure it all adds to the feel good factor that we we uh, currently find ourselves in. It's been alien to us for a while, Liz. Um, exactly. So we're, we're definitely going to roll with it. Uh, I just skipped past you, Gareth. There. I didn't give you the chance to say hello because we've established you're not keen on on doing introductions and making small talk around that. No. You want to talk about your weekend or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I think we even did. I went for a nice walk on the beach on the. On Saturday. Did you go for that a nice, nice walk on the beach and then take photos and publish it on social media about how much of a disgrace it is, how busy it is, despite no. being there yourself? No, I also didn't. I do on saying that we take it for granted that we live by the sea. Um, <laughs> that's the other. That's the other cliched option. Um, if you're going to take a photo or something about how lucky we are to have this on our doorstep. Well, we are lucky to have it on our doorstep. <laughs> yeah, I know, but everyone says it. I, like, I do it's like, have it's it like on a... my doorstep. No, Chris doesn't. Chris lives in the sticks, for people who didn't know, for listeners who didn't know. Could not uh, be further from the sea, really. Snows in July where Chris lives. It does. It started snowing the other night when I went out for... It was sunny when I set off from my room. And halfway around, there was a blizzard. So that was nice. I mean, I've never seen it, but... Cold, yeah, not cold, and in the middle of nowhere. Do you not miss like just being in civilization? Yeah, well, I haven't had COVID, so it's had one upside. Um, <laughs> that you <laughs> as know, far as I know, that you know, as far yeah, as I know. yeah. Um, but no, I mean, to be fair, the last year or so, it hasn't been because literally, like when, when we moved out here, like the big concern was like getting to and from the match easily. I haven't really had to worry about that for a year. Um, but once once um, everything goes back to normal, yeah, the being out of the sticks does become slightly inconvenient. But hmm. over the last year, I can't really complain. Okay, well, that was probably the most boring small talk we've ever made on the. On well, that's the, why Gareth uh, doesn't like it, really. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, well, yeah. I say, yeah. Sometimes it, it makes for good listening. I think, yeah, just. Oh, cheers. You just shoot, don't you, and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> 
been, it, it, as Mickey pointed out on the piece on the website, it's been a year since the last home game that we're all allowed to go it to, is mad, which is it? yeah, it is very very strange. It's a Kyle Lafferty brace, wasn't it? Yeah. It is. Was, was it a Mikel Banjo on Bruce? Did he score two? No, I think he no, scored he, one. Just one. He scored the equaliser, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. Good finish yeah. as well. Yeah, that is weird. Me and me and Mickey actually went to um, and we had a pint on the Monday to do the podcast. There was uh, for whatever reason, I think it was just me and Mickey doing it, and we went to the Barnes and had a pint. Um, and obviously all that you couldn't do very soon after it was just strange how you've been at the match, you've had a pint recorded a podcast in a pub and then the world just come crashing down about yeah. three days later. Yeah, but that, that Thursday, I'm sure it was me, Rory yeah. and Richard did the preview for Blackpool. Yeah. And at the, t- at the time it was like, no, no, we're still going to go ahead. And then Mikel Arteta got COVID and people realised that football wasn't immune from it and that was it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, thanks, Mikel. <laughs> 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 right. Um, yeah, start, are you going to do a Trump and start calling it the Arteta virus or something? Yeah, like that and start blaming him. We've already had a Spanish flu before. We can't. We yeah, can't we name have, it yeah. that again. Yeah, hundred years. Yeah, listen to this in in a uh, hundred years time, and I wonder what the pandemic is then, because they come around every hundred years, don't they? In the twenties generally. Um, right. Talk about the footballing because it's laboured enough. Uh, five wins in six for Sunderland. And the other one being a draw, so unbeaten in six league games, plus the the um, the pizza thing uh, game against Lincoln <laughs> that we that we come yeah. through on penalties to get to the final. So we've been calling out for this for a couple of years. It feels like a long time coming, doesn't it? And they're not playing particularly well, um, but there's something quite reassuring about that, isn't there? As well, that the strength of the squad is just coming through. I wouldn't say we're not playing well. We've, not great. I'm... We're doing all. We're doing okay, and then we have spells and we take the chances. And we, you know, which if we've was, never done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, other way around. You know, some people, people, you know, if it was the other way around, they'd be saying, well. Well, yeah, we didn't take our chances, and then they capitalised and scored with, you know, the the bit of good play that they had, and it's our own fault. So, um, you know, when it's happened to us, that's generally been the crack. So, yeah, we can't. You've got to take it, and I think we said didn't we, at the start of this run of games. This is the opportunity now where we've we've got to take this chance, and I think to win five of the six is better than. I expected, like deep down. Yeah. Um, I mean, only dropping two points from the last six. And you, in the game, we were 2-0 down yeah, and getting yeah. comprehensively outplayed. And still managing to get something. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you could, you, only, you can only, people say it's a cliche and you couldn't ask for anything more. The only thing you could ask for more would have been a three, you know, three points a crew. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, they, they've done amazingly well to get, to to get that momentum and as other teams have other teams have had to you put the pressure on don't you well you're they're going to have to match that to keep keep our distance to keep us at arm's length sorry so and they haven't been able to do that and now we're going into tomorrow night looking at the fixtures the way they are if we win we will we'll be at worst three points off an automatic place potentially two points off an automatic place because of the way the fixtures fall 
so because Hull play Peterborough tomorrow night. So and Lincoln, I've got a difficult game as well. I think I think I might be playing Ipswich. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, there's an opportunity. There's a, you know, it's a good opportunity tomorrow night. I think not only to to win the game and make that statement where you're like, obviously with being Portsmouth, you haven't beaten them at their place since we came down. Um, you know, beat them there, really sort of like show that you're a dominant force in the division. You know, we'd go what eight points clear of them if we win tomorrow night. Mm. Ipswich are playing Ipswich, uh, Ipswich are playing Lincoln. Yeah, checked. So, yeah. Someone, and then I think next Tuesday, people play Portsmouth. Um, so there's some some bigish games coming up. Um, also, I'm not. I don't think Peter are playing at the weekend, which is a good thing. But obviously, by the time we play Wednesday, some teams have probably played twice more by the time we play again. So I think it's really important to get the three points just to make sure we've got our hand right in and we don't like... Because we could fall back off the pace with not playing, even if we do win tomorrow night mm. and have that pressure build again, doesn't it? The Well, we're off the pace, we need to win these games in hand, so... And I know one will only take place on the on the Wednesday night, but it's still psychologically, I think it's yeah. important. Well, we've got we we'll discuss the Ipswich game because you know we've we, we've got that um, on the horizon um, on, on Sky as well, which is I think Portsmouth so, game. You mean? A good Portsmouth. Yeah, sorry. I'm looking at Ips, <laughs> I'm looking at Ipswich versus Lincoln on my screen, and uh, that's how easily distracted I am. Uh, Ipswich lost the weekend as well, interestingly. But um, to the weekend's performance, I said there's something quite reassuring uh, about winning when we're not playing great because that's what's been frustrating us previously. You know, good teams, and uh, it's another cliche, good teams find a way to win when they're not playing well. And the squad Sunderland have always had in this league has been strong in comparison. And we've never been able to put a run together when we're not playing well and win, and win games. So that's why I think it is reassuring. That said, Chris, these injuries are getting worse. Um and can this be sustained against the better teams would be the thing that people would worry about. Another patched up back four the weekend. Yeah, and I think it's weird, isn't it? Because, like, on the one hand, it's a patched up back four, but on the other, they keep keeping clean sheets. And obviously, um, Dion Sanderson has been a bit of a revelation over the last six weeks or so. He's been, possibly not even six weeks without that many games, but he, he's been brilliant. And despite the fact he doesn't, re- I mean, if you look at that back four on, on um on Saturday, it really wouldn't fill you with confidence. But when he's in it, he um he, he just commands it really well. And I think I think it's a fair point to raise that it has been a slightly generous run of fixtures. I, I, to be fair, I was looking at it and Burton actually looks like a better result as time goes on because they're on a really good run. And I know they went down at ten minutes, but we that first half we were comfortably the better side. And I think um. It'll, I think, again, another cliche, but it's like a hard work starts now because we have got a really tough run of fixtures coming in. But that being said, and as Gareth often points out, that our results against like the top teams generally are quite decent. It's dropping stupid points against the teams who've just been beaten that, that's been our downfall a lot of the time. So I think um, it's an interesting one. I think I think tomorrow night's a huge game, really. Um just obviously because it's against Portsmouth, but also 
kind of keeping that run going. We've obviously we've got we've got Sunday, which I think, although it would obviously it'll be greater winner than that. It's a different occasion to what it would normally be with like with no fans in the ground and stuff like that. Just keep and, trying to pull this round and talk about the Portsmouth game. We've got a full podcast to fill here and it'll be back when it will start <laughs> talking about Portsmouth first and then went and look back at the match we've just played the weekend. Let's say good things about that first. Let's say on, on Saturday to be fair, I think um I think it was interesting because we went two 0 up in the half that we were poorest in, in my opinion. I, I thought I thought the first half there was times when they played through us and um, we looked quite shaky. But I seem to remember that when we played them earlier this season, they played some decent stuff and we couldn't cope with it at times. But there's a reason they're bottom of the league and yeah, um, quite toothless, weren't they? They were, and I think and I think we were quite um, we were pretty we were really efficient. I think I mean that second goal is a great goal. It's a great header and it's a great ball in and it's. It's, um, I mean, Jones doing that is kind of what we've been yeah. crying out for because he doesn't, I mean, Danny Collins pointed out on the on the commentary, but he doesn't even really beat his man. He just shifts the ball and puts in a great cross and, and obviously Wyke can't stop scoring at the minute and, and it's a great header. But I thought, yeah, first half, actually, we got a half time and you were kind of a bit like, hmm, probably a bit fortunate to be turning up there. But then the second half, you could probably see that they were like demoralised and that. Yeah, but they were, they were we, never going to get back anyway, and that's what I mean. We, we just kept them at really arm, comfortable, arms left, didn't we? Kept yeah, them at we arms really left. comfortable. And I think, I think like, look, this the Swindon game was that last, they all made into one. I think it was last week. <laughs> um, that one wasn't again. That wasn't an amazing performance. It wasn't a great performance and that. But you know, we, we grounded out, and after we went one 0 up, I I certainly didn't feel. Too nervy. I know some people have said otherwise, but it just last five kind minutes. of last five minutes. The sort of turned it on a bit, didn't it? There was just some of it. I don't know. Yeah, there was just some of about it. I think it's it's the whole thing, isn't it? Like we've we've talked about briefly. I like mentioned the takeover and that, but all that has massively lifted the place. Like I don't really agree with the idea that what goes on above has no effect on the pitch because it it's obviously going to lift the mood. I mean, the players are talking about it openly now about how it's changed. I know Bailey Wright was on about it last week and I think there's a real like kind of bit of a wave at the minute and it's like a feel-good factor and look, that's not going to win your football games or it's not going to hurt. And I think results like um, like Saturday, there'd, there'd have been times earlier this season where you wonder whether we might actually have gone gone down in the, in the first half and, and not pulled it back around. Um, so now I think it, it is it's going to be interesting to see what happens from here in this next run of fixtures but in the last six games you can't really even that crew game like they pulled it out the bag to get, get a point in the last one you really can't complain mm. well, some answer that Chris um, thanks <laughs> McGee, McGee I think I'll go back to one of the things you said about five minutes ago the start of that answer um, McGeady's found his range a bit uh, well not a bit a lot um, the tennis assist, I think I was reading now. Yeah. Um, what's significant though, Gareth and, and Chris mentioned it there about Jones on the other wing? We obviously found his shooting range with that great goal of crew, but it's important we've got somebody on the other side of the pitch who can put those deliveries in as well because you don't want to give the opposition the opportunity to just focus on one player, thinking he's the only one who's going to be able to put a ball in the box. Let's double up on him if you've got a guy on the other side of the pitch who's capable of doing it as well. He's got a few assists, I think, now since he's come in. Um, 
and he looked really sharp. He looked okay for a spell in the the last game, the Swindon game, and then I thought he was pretty decent that first half. He, he failed a little bit, but then Maguire's been coming on as well, and I think his contribution last few games has been great. Um, he's looked really good, really sharp, um, and you know he's been involved in in lots of good stuff since he's come in, come back in. So I think if we had a solider platform, which I'm daft really because Sanderson's been a man of the match like last three games, but the the defense is patched up, and it, it, it's obviously going to affect your play um, in terms of how you how you begin your attacks, how you recover the ball, how you win those second balls and then get the attacks going. So as those defensive players come back in, um, we're going to see, I think, a, an improvement as, again, in my opinion. As long opinion. as you're still in good form, because that, that's the thing, isn't it? At the minute, you, momentum takes you a long way in football uh, and confidence. And because the, the, the playing with that, with confidence, they've got the momentum, um, they're getting away with with the the injuries at the moment. So it is important that they get back into the team while we're still on that kind well, of thing. I think. I mean, Flanagan, Flanagan, and Wright should be back this week, shouldn't they? And on the on based on what he said, and then you know, Hume mustn't be far away either. So I think Hume will be the big boost. Yeah, um, I mean, it'll be massive. I mean, to have going into the end of the season, to have. And the McLaughlin will come back as well. So, you know, we could have a situation where the next 10 days, well, the next week, we're going to have those. We're definitely going to have McLaughlin right and um, McLaughlin right and Flanagan back, uh, which is great. Um, and then to add Hume to that, like you say, Chris, would be the, the cherry on the, on the cake, definitely, because he's a, Massively important player for us. Yeah, I think as well. I think like this goes back to what Stephen first asked, really. But with if if we were told we had to get through the rest of the season with like the makeshift defence we've got at the moment, I think you probably would be reluctant to say that this good run of form is going to keep up. I think not, not even just because they're plainly not as good as the people we've just listed, but also because there's so many games to get through still. I'd, I think. That can only be a boost getting those sorts of players back. And um the the other the other point really is like we've kind of shown that you just need to get on a bit of a run in this league, like last season. Last season we propelled ourselves from 15th to fourth in the space of two months. And like now we're back up to fourth again. And I think that's why like Tomorrow night is like it feels like such a big game because it's 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 one of them where you're like you know what if we win it, I th- I think previously, prior to even the Shrewsbury game which was like a month ago tomorrow, I don't think any of us were even entertaining the idea of like the top two. Whereas now you look at it and you're like well actually, the league t- so many teams drop points at the top of this division like like Hull, Hull and Lincoln who we thought were going to run away with it at varying times haven't, and it's. It's almost, it's like... if Hull's we just have been in bad form doing, for ages, don't they? The secret of being in bad form for ages in the top. Yeah, and that's how, and, that's, and when you look at it, like the amount of points they've got relative to clubs that have been at the top in previous seasons, it's it's a low amount. Like, I mean, I think the guys that might be used brought this up in the past before, but if you if you put this season under our first season down here, 
would be nowhere near and teams at the top would be nowhere near because it was such a, a higher standard and teams were picking up more points and um, look that you know that's great for us really this season because for most of this season we've been pretty rubbish and actually now we're finally getting into a bit of a groove and um, like I say I think the most the most promising thing about Saturday was we did look quite clinical and when you compare that to the start of the season when we're missing like chance after chance after chance after chance, um, it, it, it's refreshing. And and, and let's be fair, we're, we're probably going to need to be clinical in the in the games that are coming up because we're not going to. You won't get as many opportunities as you might do against some of the poorer teams. I mean, we can worry. Well, not to worry about, but <clears throat> I think you can look at because we're in such good form at the moment in that in that group of teams at the top, now we've got them coming off. We're going to remain in that form. They're going to be thinking, they're going to be under pressure to keep keep us at bay. It's 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 kind of a funny one where you think about this time last year where we played Coventry and, and lost that game at the start of March. Um, and that was like the big game. And then it kind of threw us off a little bit. And then we, we drew, didn't with Gillingham and and lost it at Bristol. Yeah, we lost at Bristol. It was Fleetwood even before that, wasn't it? Because we, yeah, we drew. A we got a point at the last minute. Yeah. We were poor. Yeah. So it it does kind of feel um, a little bit where there was with the games where it was like the Fleetwood and the Coventry game. If we win those games, we've got a great chance of getting promoted, and we got took one point. Um, now we've got that. We've got a chance to rectify that and. You know, we, I'd, I, you know, I don't, I'm not fearing those teams because we are pretty good against the teams at the top. Like our record's really good. We should have beaten Doncaster twice, conceded that last minute equaliser, um, beat Ipswich twice, beaten Oxford, who sort of come back up again, um, beat Lincoln, uh, beat Peterborough. So I mean, lost to Portsmouth, but they, they were really good uh, when, we, when they were in a bit of a bit of form, weren't they? Because I think they had a poor start and then came came back into it and won a fair few games in a row. Um, Hull so, yeah. City, Hull City are they've played thirty four games. They are ten points worse off the Luton were after thirty four games two years ago. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's the difference in it. That's why, I mean, to be fair, you look like we've I see we've only lost five games. So it's the least in the league, but in that season, I think at this stage we've only lost two. Yeah, well, we're on um, we're on fifty-seven points after thirty-two games. Two years ago, we played thirty-three and we were on sixty-five, so eight points better off, seven points. Better. Yeah, yeah. So I think. And I think, like, obviously that's to our advantage this time around because it means the gap that we've had to make up from well, from when we changed the manager hasn't been quite so vast. And I think, to be fair, I mean, we've sat on this podcast and said we weren't particularly impressed with some of the football being thrown up by the current manager. But there was, I mean, there's still parts of games where that's, that's true, but the results at least are tracking the kind of way we want them to. And I think... If we win tomorrow, if we win tomorrow night, and if, if Lincoln get beat, that puts us third. And I know obviously we're going to miss around the games at the weekend, but the, there's a definite like sort of feeling. I know it's really easy for us just to 
keep like comparing to our own situation in the past, but it, it feels a bit like that Roy Keane season where you kind of like if you just keep getting on a run, yeah. Other t- other teams are very unlikely to do that. Other, it's very rare you have a, a bunch of teams who keep winning and winning and yeah. winning. And- People with longer memories, Peter Reid's first. Um, Team that won the league as well in '96. Yeah, was a bit like was a bit like that. Unlike the one that, and that was with quite a low before. points total. Yeah, as well, it was really it? low. It was ridiculously low points. Yeah, um, things are going well. We're winning. You know, we're winning. We're winning. Um, despite the performance, I'm not. I can't sit here and pretend that I wasn't frustrated with the, with the back four selection again and um, bringing younger in for his debut, uh, who played well. And I think you know. I was really impressed with Younger before he went off injured in that game against Fleetwood uh, earlier in the season. I thought he played really well in that game. I haven't seen a lot of him. I, I'm sorry, and I know like people like Sleeves and Danny Collins are saying, well, we're keeping clean sheets and Luke O'Neill's playing well. I just can't I can't get my head around why he wouldn't have played Luke O'Neill right back in Younger centre-half, personally. Uh, initially, I was thinking, oh, just take, does he want to take him out of the firing line? But actually, you know, the clearance Younger did um, yeah, when, when, he's, when he got that one over the bar, that just shows that he can play centre half and he can he's not scared to get back and and defend. And and, and the issues were for as well as he played and as for tidy as he looked, he's not a right back. And and every attack on the right hand side, I don't want to say I don't want to sound harsh by saying broke down, but because that's not his position, he would inevitably stop go inside, stop go back. Similar to what we saw for from players like Conor McLaughlin over the, the last couple of years, you won't get that with Luke or nine. And I just if you if you can't give someone like Younger a game centre half against somebody who's second bottom in the league, then when then when can you? That was my one negative thing. Think... We complained about the same thing week the week before, and um you know just because we're winning the games, I, I'm not, I'm not going to rewrite my my <clears> opinion <throat> on it because because it, it, it frustrates me and I can't pretend otherwise. I think it's a fair point. I think as well, like like what you've just said there about if you can't play Younger at centre half on Saturday when can you? It makes you slightly concerned for the run. Chris, are you there, Gareth? Because Chris has gone off. Hey. Oh, he's back. He's back. Oh, sorry. Okay. That's mine. That was really good. It was the most interesting that thing that's ever been said. It's the most interesting thing that's ever been said on the podcast. Um, <laughs> no, no sorry, I know I my, mine's sticking a little bit. Sorry, go on. See it again. We're not editing this was, or anything. So. I was saying, um, I don't know where you got it. So I'll just say the whole thing again. Um, yeah, if Younger can't play at centre half on Saturday, you're kind of worried about the run of games coming up because um, I think it was Craig who's pointed out previously, but wasn't it, wasn't it against Pompey when O'Neill played at centre half earlier in the season? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, and, that, and that was on the left of the back three, I believe. And yeah, he yeah. did. He, he did. And, and that came from his side. And we were critical of Parkinson after that. Um, yeah. He's now playing on the left hand side in the back four. Um, which yeah, means he's even just, more exposed to attacks down that right hand side. Yeah, and it's not, it's certainly not a criticism of Luke O'Neill because he's not a centre half, but it's like you kind of, even if like it's a, it's a young lad kind of coming into the team for the first time, surely it, it makes more sense to play in his, in his designated position, in his proper position. So, look, we might, might be wrong, we might, might, might turn out fine, but I think we've got. We've got a very recent example of what can happen when we play people like O'Neill at centre half against some of the better teams, and I think, um, I think, yeah, I think I think that's a fair criticism. I think um, 
generally. I, I think I think to be fair, the manager like he he's not really afraid to like mix it up and change things, like either in a starting lineup or off the bench and that. So it's possibly been a bit daft to even predict what he might do next. But um it, it it'll be interesting. But like like you said, Gareth, I mean he, he's gonna have more options yeah. pretty soon. It's exciting. So, it's going to resolve itself. It's going to resolve itself. Yeah. I, I think it's a bit of it's a bit moot really the conversation at this point because it's not like we're saying well we're still waiting for you know it's going to be a month for Flanagan it's going to be a month for Wright. That's not the case. It's days. They could like, get back up a speed though, Gareth as well. Yeah, but the, he's, Wright's only been out for two weeks. Like he'll he'll be the one who gets comes in. So it feels like about six months because yeah, we've played that many of games. games. <laughs> I just think it's. If they were going to both be out for like a month or whatever, it wouldn't. As I say, it wouldn't. I would be worried then. But we've got we've got through it. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of them play tomorrow night. I mean, Glockman's come back as well, and he's been playing regularly. So right, there's three, three come back in. I just think it's. I thought on younger, I, I didn't think he looked comfortable at all at, at right back, and I agree that it would have been preferable to swap with him and nine. But at the same time, or nine. Maybe he doesn't want to disrupt with the defence that's been changing a lot, like we've pointed out, because of those injuries. Maybe he didn't want to disrupt the one consistent element, which has been on nine in the middle alongside Sanderson. Maybe he didn't want to disrupt that. And I can understand that perspective. And we won the game 2-0. So there's a 21-year-old kid well. and he, he gets paid to play for Sunderland. And I think, you know, when... People are far too cautious. I've never been no, one, I'm you not know, saying, that for I'm, like I'm not... throw all the kids in, but I just think it was really, really cautious. And I don't think well, it, against Rochdale it was necessary personally because that bit of defending to me proved that you know he can. Yeah, he but he went. As, he was he was playing at centre back then because we went to a back three after he scored yeah, the second goal. But, but that's what I'm saying. So it proves yeah. he can play there. Yeah, in a th- he played in a, in a three, but we didn't start as a three, did we? Started as a two, so yeah, maybe that is why. Where he positioned himself just to like sense out that sniff out that dangerous. Oh, you, yeah, oh, yeah you, that's that's fair enough. But I'm just saying. That you, yeah, I can understand. I can understand. I can understand. I can understand. I think Johnson should be sacked it. for it or anything. No. But I can understand to an extent why why he did it. Um, but like, I think logic logically, you'd you'd swap the two around. Yeah, I think I I, I understand. I, I I think you like there's a broad agreement here, really, and that we probably understand why. But I, I think the concern is if going forward it continues to be something we. we it's that's the potential for us getting tripped up, um, but I think to be to be fair, it was hard. Despite the fact we weren't really great on Saturday in the first half, anyway, I don't really think anyone, well, apart from potentially the left back, stood out as as poor. Really, um, I think it was kind of loath as I am to do player ratings. I think you had like a broad like six, seven out of ten across the board with a few a bit better. So um it was just a kind of professional performance by the end, I thought. Yeah. You'll not remember you'll not remember it, you know. No, but you know but points we, on the board and you'll yeah. off you go. And you can't you can't pretend that, you know, like I know we all have sort of um rose tinted memories of um of, of other teams that have won the league, but uh, the fact is there are always games like that that you win that you oh, yeah. play well. Lots of games that we draw when we do play well. But we've been trying you have been trying to move it on the Portsmouth since about 30 seconds in. So we'll uh, <laughs> we'll have a break and then we'll uh, and then we'll do that. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Remember, you can get yourself kitted out um, for June the 21st or April the 12th if you want to. If or you, final uh, day next week or, in your house. Well, are you going to be able to get your From the Terraces items delivered though before... Sunday, maybe Chris, if you listen, you can uh, point out. But yeah, if you do go over to um, from the terraces.co.uk, use the code WMS10 to get 10% off um, your whole order, which is good, isn't it? But yeah, you could have. We should have done that. That should have been the plug last week. Did we not do that plug last week? But yeah, you know, get ready for Garn out again with from um... the terraces. We've we've mentioned before about how you can wear all your, all that clobber in the house and just feel like you're part of a match day. If you're going to do that on final day, what else what else could you do apart from wearing your um, from the terraces attire to make it feel like you're in London while you're sitting watching the match? Um, take ages to get to move from downstairs, sorry, upstairs to your living room. Like make it last an hour and ten minutes. Um and cha- go into different rooms and to change metaphorically. Um, could mm. and then overpay for your overpay, cans in yeah, the shop. Obviously, like, that's the you traditional know, they, they, one. They charge you, they charge you like six quid to get four pint cans or something, and you could like give them a tenner. And uh, you know, I, I have a th- like you in London. That's on, that, you could, yeah. on that though, on that though, I have I I kind of disagree with that because I think that the it's that expi- it's that expensive. How much for a pint thing is bollocks? I don't think it's I don't think it's greatly more expensive in London. Depends where you go. It's it's, it's not as much as it used to be. Nah. It's, if you go somewhere, massively. If you go to somewhere swanky or whatever, if you go to like a trendy bit, then. If you go to like Putney, what do you call it? Um, Putney Bridge, or like you go uh, Camden or <laughs> places like that, you're gonna get charged a lot of money. Where if you just go to some normal places, it's all right. It used to be worse. It's shortened. It did. It did definitely used to be a lot worse. But um, things have changed. We'll not go down that rabbit hole anywhere. Uh, <laughs> to Ho- if you go yourself- to Hoxton Square, it will cost you like seven pound for like a bottle yeah, of lager. 40, the forty quid for the whiskey you bought that time. Well, um, yeah, that was that was, <laughs> a, that was a, a clerical error on my behalf. <laughs> to be clear, for the for the real Wembley experience, you could just go stand in a queue at your local Sainsbury's and buy 
six pack of cans and then stand outside a football pitch for an hour drinking them. Or an industrial estate. Or there, yeah, because it's basically what it is now, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, so you, you could do that. To be fair, that the, wouldn't cost the earth. The concourses, at, the concourses at Wembley are pretty good, like, to be fair. Oh, they are good, but... Those Camden, yeah, those Camden, yeah, yeah, those Camden Town, <laughs> um, those like Camden Town brewery little bars they've got. Actually, the, we got something to eat last time. The food was actually all right and quite reasonably priced. So you know, like for what you got. So there you go. I don't know. Maybe, maybe thing. Maybe everything's getting more expensive everywhere else. Maybe I got we, pizza we, at half time last time. Did you? Yeah, and for some reason, I've had a bit. I'd, I'd had a, I'd had a bit much to drink, and for some reason, I got in my head that I couldn't take the pizza onto the concourse, so I just up, like onto the uh, into the stand. So I just stood there drinking it. Just roll, uh, roll drinking the pizza it, up it, and, Well, yeah, you could liquidise it. Well, I mean, I might as well have been. <laughs> Gone massively off. Uh, we've diverted a lot. Well, pizza, yeah. pizza would be the appropriate choice. It would be. The papas. Plug for Papa John's. I mean, we haven't got an association with them, but. You know. uh, well, we'll do after Sunday, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> but before you would have bought a hammer and some screwdrivers when it was. <laughs> what, else, right. what else? What else you can do though is you can uh, join us on Saturday night with ourselves and Danny Collins uh, for the sort of live show we're going to do on Zoom. Uh, Saturday, you can still get your tickets if you go to wisemansay.co.uk. It's donation only, so you can pay what you like, and all of that money will go to the Sunderland Together initiative as well. I think there's about there's over 600 quid in there at the moment, from what I can see, which is good. So that'll be a nice chunk of money. So, yeah, so Danny Cons will be joining us and there'll be the usual crack, but we'll also do some bits and bobs, but full details on the sort of order of events or whatever you want to call it um, is at wisemensay.co.uk and there's also the link to the Eventbrite site for the, for the ticket. That's it. That's it. Stephen's gone on mute. He's running around the house like an idiot. Um, distracted me. Wi-Fi started a job and then there was background noise. Let's just try and lights crack on. Uh, I think the bottom line is <laughs> how many rooms? How many rooms and, have you? And, how many rooms have you been in on this podcast, Stephen? <laughs> three. I'm three rooms. Um, I think the the message trying to trying to get across is couple of the live show and buy from the terraces using WMS uh, ten. For a ten percent discount code, we'll talk about Portsmouth now in five ten minutes. Come on, we've done that. Trying to well, <laughs> more or less. Um, I mean, you know, just to, to put it bluntly, Dave, we I said at the very start, we we have developed this sort of weird kind of um, rivalry, I guess, with them. I think just because we played them in the in the checker, you know, that season, Sunderland Portsmouth were seen as the two biggest clubs in the division, probably still are. Um, and you know we we played them in the Czech trade final, a dramatic final as well, two two penalty shootout. Then we played each other again in the playoffs. Um, so it's it's it has picked up as a bit of a, a rivalry, I think. But the the fact of the matter is, Portsmouth have lost four and six, while Sunderland yeah. have won five and six, drawn one. Um, I mean, well, so we've only lost them. five games all season. Mm. Yeah, and they've lost they've four, lost four in the last five. But they just they just got hammered at Northampton, who were. Yeah, and they lost to Bristol. They lost to Bristol Rovers as well. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I feel like probably did this last year, and, and really the the season before. Well, the start of the season, the start of the season, terribly. This season, 
like they, they, they had this kind of form at the start of the season and then they really recovered and around about the time they beat us to suddenly put the string of yeah. wins together. So, they, they, you know, in context, this team, this specific team has done it before this season. So, you know, I, it's not... Are people getting ahead of themselves a bit? This is a difficult game, this. It is a, it is a difficult game. And definitely after the game you've just mentioned there, I thought, I thought when they came off here and beat us early in the season... You looked at them and thought, if, if they play like that, they'll they'll go yeah. up no problem. Best team we've played, best performance yeah. we've had against us, really. Because they just really got after us, and I think, I mean, I think Cruz showed it the other week. Actually, that um, no matter the, what the manager tries to implement, we do have some technically limited footballers. That if you do get after them, we're going to struggle. Certainly, to play the ball out from the back, and um, and yeah, no, I think it, I think it is a tough game. I think, to be honest, I think it. The, the lack of fans helps us because I don't think it's uh, I know we got that little draw on the playoffs and we actually played really well but I think it's not a place we seem to enjoy going it's quite like a tightly packed kind of I can't remember the last time we won there Did Peter Reid manager perhaps last time we got a win down there couldn't tell you I mean I I, yeah I feel like 4-1 four, four, or 4-0 there once been like 1998, I think. Yeah, I remember that. that Nicky Summerbees. Nicky Summerbees. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. in, in the Prem, I feel like we used to, even when they were at the bottom, I'm sure we like got two people sent off and ended up conceding in the last minute or yeah. something. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it doesn't seem to be a place we particularly like going to. And I don't know whether it is because it's like one of those kind of tightly packed grounds. And obviously, we've seen what their fans can be like. So, in a way, um, the fact there's going to be nobody in might help. Um, I mean, usually I would say when we're on Sky that it doesn't help us, but actually against Ipswich, um, again, not a great performance, but we got the win. So um, I think it's, a, I, th- I agree though, I think it's a huge game and I don't think it's an easy one. They haven't, they haven't won at home since the 19th of January. Um, and their, fo- their home form hasn't been great. They've only won, well, they have to go back to, to beat Peterborough 2 0 on the 5th of December. At home, um, and then they beat Wimbledon on the nineteenth of January. So they've only won twice since at home since the fifth of December, um, which isn't is not great, is it? Um, when you're into March, I mean, <laughs> two home wins in four months. Um, yeah, it, it, it. We should be going there thinking this is this is a chance as early to exert our sort of masculinity almost, if that's the right word, on International <laughs> Women's Day. Um, yeah. Um, maybe not. Maybe authority, that authority would have done Authority, that. I don't know. Well, it's men playing, being, you know, it's, it's, it's men being all, you know, playing football and that, so it's allowed. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean. They've got to go and just be dominant and, you know, be alpha about it, do you know what I mean? Like instead of like we've said before, how many times have we um in this division, you know, sort of meekly surrendered in, 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 at opportunities we had to to maybe make a bit of a statement. Well, that's it. And to be fair, Pompey have actually been aside we've we've done that again. I, like we under Jack Ross, I remember we lost to them just before Christmas down there. Yeah, when we'd been on a decent run, and last year, um, like that good run under Parkinson, 
was kind of spliced, yeah. like by getting beat down there. Which and that and that that was the thing. Even even when we were on that good run, you looked and you saw that result, and you were like, well. This is the problem. We, yeah. we might be able to get on a bit of a run, but once we come up against a decent side, we struggle. So I think I think it's a like really I think it could be like a really instructive game. And I think it looks anyway at the minute, it looks like momentum is huge for us. It looks like we're really benefiting from like being confident. And I think um getting a result tomorrow night would, would very much um improve that confidence. I was just 1998, sorry, 1998. Was that the last time? It's the last time we beat them down there, 4-1, yeah. Wow. But on that point about home form, actually, I should have said that this is how we've got the pod completely the wrong way around here, what I'm about to say, because we should have probably pointed out that the home form, our home form has been excellent since (laughs) it's gone from being absolutely horrendous to I think we've won, I think it's five out of the last six and drawn the other. So, um, which again, was the at the start of the season the issue was we were, we were great away from home the home form was terrible and we were seeing if we picked that up so yeah no, I think really the way things have been trending and that you would I mean here's a question would would people be happy with the point tomorrow night personally I think I, I would be okay with a point for the big picture yeah uh, because we, we've started a show now that we're starting to win the games you would expect us to win and as long as you yeah. do that you can afford to draw at places like Portsmouth had we not been doing that in recent weeks then I've said no we need to go make a statement and beat them I, I don't think when you, I don't think you win five games out of six draw the other one in a game as we've said where you're 2-0 down and getting outplayed and then get a point of Portsmouth and kick off about it really in the grand scheme of things I think no I don't I don't think you kick I, fant- I do fancy us to win the game like I watched Portsmouth at Bristol Rovers the other week and they started really well. And then after about 20 minutes, they just stopped playing and Bristol Rovers got a nice goal to equalise. And then second half, defensively, Portsmouth. Yeah, they do look dodgy. I mean, they have done all season. Dear me. It was, and then you see some of the goals that conceded at the weekend. That fourth one where the keepers come flying out and headed the ball straight at one of their players and being lobbed, and then he's flapped at another one for the corner. I think you know we. I know I was. I haven't put. I should have pulled. Actually, got the stat together, um, and I'll see if I can sort of cobble it together on the basis of me just looking at something very quickly. But early early goals that we've scored since Johnson's come in. Oh uh, yeah, we were talking about. And I'm show. sure it, I think it must be seven games of. Has he been in charge of nineteen? Uh, yeah, I think if you include the Wigan game. Yes, well, you, you, you do because he because he was a manager, well, he, so he, he was. Um, yeah, but it, I think it's well, a bit harsh in a way. Well, to the matter, it's you know that's how it works. He was a <laughs> he was. Was the manager so tough? Um, I know you're just filling time here while you figure out your stat on the fly. Yeah, so if you go back, having a look here, um, early goals. I'm trying to have a look in the first sort of ten minutes. Wimbledon, we got an early one, didn't we? Gillingham at home, we got an early one. Um, but I think I think I worked it out. About there's about seven games where we've scored early in the game. Um, since he's taken over, like I'm talking, like in the first sort of ten minutes or so. Um, so if we can take that into the game, 
to on on Tuesday night and be like you know get a get that early goal put them under under pressure early. It would be interesting to see how they cope with that mentally after conceding four goals to Northampton, and it's absolutely that's mad when you think we've played where you saw that the height of Northampton's ambition when we played them. I mean, they were absolutely terrible. I wouldn't be surprised if they were the lowest the lowest scorers in the league. Um, I, I don't know the stats, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. So they've, they've scored, they've only scored thirty goals this season. Is that including the four on Saturday? That as includes well? the four on Saturday. So that Northampton and Bristol Rovers have scored thirty goals this season. Looking at this, so they're the joint lowest scorers in the division. The pair of them, and this seven of those sixty goals, seven of them have, have come against Portsmouth between the two of them. So that's quite interesting, isn't it? <laughs> funny. So yeah, I mean, maybe we should be looking at them How as a blueprint. <laughs> How how but, how confident are people then just to wrap it up? Um yeah, I mean I think like r- rationally, like everything that we've seen, I mean we've just spoke about there, I am pretty confident, but then I remember that I support someone and I feel like <laughs> this would be very reflective of the last couple of years if we weren't to go and win or weren't to at least get a point. I mean I'm I'm confident we can go and win. I think what Gareth outlined there about early goals is reflective of what we were told we would get from this manager. Like, he likes to play on the front foot where he can. Um, and to be fair to him, despite not necessarily having the the tools to do so all the time, he's obviously got them. He's obviously getting them there. Um, I'm confident, but I think like you, Stephen, I probably would take a point just on the basis that our form has been so good. We can we can accept that. And um, we'll hopefully then pick up pick up a few wins soon after. Great. Anything else to add, Gareth, before we say thanks and wrap it up? No. No. Come to the live show. <laughs> yeah. um, come to the live show and get your discount from the terraces. As always, thanks for listening. Yeah.